You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Cardinals for Monday, May the 2nd of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the Locked On Cardinals podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. And each and every day that you tune in, it's always a joy to talk to you. Talking to you a little bit late today because the Cardinals played an afternoon game. So recording it after the win today against the Kansas City Royals. Uh, the Cardinals finally able to get a win at home and finally going back on the road here uh, this week as they have two games set at Kansas City and then a four-game set at San Francisco. Uh, their off day coming up on Monday is their is their next off day, uh, their first off day, rather, since April the 18th. So it's been a hot second for the Cardinals with no off day, with today supposed to be an off day, but uh, it rained out a couple weeks ago, forced the game to happen today. Getaway day, two hour, uh, two and a half hour game, two forty or two thirty nine, depending on what it was. I forget what the exact total was, uh, but they they were quick, efficient. It was the definition of a pitcher's duel, which is why we're talking about the pitching today. Uh, to start, we'll also talk about the offense and how it's been a little bit of a concern. Talked about it last week, um, but we're talking about both those things today as well as how they can finish out this uh, or start and finish out this road trip strong. Rather, uh, before I do continue too much longer, want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you in part by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. the The pitching this season has been remarkable. It has been just simply remarkable. Even though the Cardinals did split two against Arizona uh, in a four-game set, and you do not want to be splitting series with teams like the Diamondbacks, you saw some phenomenal pitching over the weekend, uh, both at the starting rotation and out of the bullpen, and you saw some phenomenal starting pitching today with Steven Matz. Uh, it, it has just been the absolute strength of this team. So we'll go through the Arizona Diamondbacks series Talk about the pitching because I haven't talked about any of the Diamondback series yet uh, with the game happening on Friday. Uh, I talked a little bit about Thursday's game, but haven't talked about the last three. Uh, the Cardinals did not get a great start out of Adam Wainwright, although he was somehow able to make it a quality start on the stat book. As he goes six innings, four hits, three earned. He walked five and struck out four. Um, his stuff was not there, but that's a start that, you know, maybe somebody a little bit less experienced to Wainwright, maybe that turns into a three or four or five inning start, but Wainwright was able to get you through six. Um, and then beyond that, you ha- saw a scoreless outing from Belante and a scoreless outing from Whitgren. Whitgren um, was, has been solid this season to start for the most part. But Friday was really the worst start you saw because um, you could argue that Jordan Hicks's stuff was there, but we're still trying to see how much the Cardinals can stretch him out. Uh, but Saturday was one of the better starts we've seen really all year as Miles Michaelis goes seven and a third innings pitched, four hits, two earned, doesn't walk a soul, strikes out seven, the only blemish, he does give up two home runs in the eighth inning, uh, one to Cattell Marte and the other to Nick Ahmed. Ali Marwal was very critical of him leaving Miles Michaelis in. Um, that Michaelis saying that Miles had done his job and it wasn't fair of him to leave him in. Even in the moment, I tweeted it out. I, I, I had no quarrels. I had no issues, no qualms with leaving Miles Michaelis in that game. I thought he looked phenomenal. I thought that he deserved to go out there another inning. There, there, were, there were little to no signs of him slowing down. 
So Miles Michaelis was phenomenal. Henderson Cabrera goes in, gets a scoreless outing, and then Jake Woodford, the all-too-rare Jake Woodford appearance, he, he has a scoreless outing as well. And then you go to yesterday, Jordan Hicks starting to get um, a little bit more stretched out, just a little bit, um, but you still only see three and a third innings from him. He is tagged with two earned runs, two walks, four strikeouts, does give up two home runs. Andre Pallante gives up a solo home run. Uh, Nick Whitron gave up a run. Cabrera gave up a home run as well. Uh, but Cody Whitley and Ryan Helsley were, were phenomenal on uh, Sunday, helping the bullpen out. And let's just talk about Ryan Helsley for a moment, highlighting a lot of good performances over the weekend, as well as today on the pitching side of things, because without this pitching staff pitching the way they have been, it's hard to see this team where they're at right now in the playoff hunt. Ryan Helsley was just absolutely phenomenal. He was lights out on Sunday. I was literally watching the game. My mouth was literally just in awe. I was like, my jaw hit the floor almost at every pitch. Dude was throwing 103.1, I think was the uh, exact mark. Fastest pitch of the season. His slider was just absolutely filthy. He has been an unsung hero for this team to date. He threw a six-pitch eighth inning, which allowed him to go two innings for the save. Give Giovanni Gallegos another day of rest. Gio made an interesting again today, but it allowed Ryan Hell's performance allowed Ali Marmol to stretch him out and allowed Giovanni Gallegos to get an extra day of rest. And we all know when Gio gets an extra day of rest, he is really darn good the next time out. In eight and a third innings so far for Ryan Helsley, 16 punch-outs. His whip sits at .12. He's given up just one hit all season. One. Has not walked a batter. Seven games. He's got three holds. One for one in his save opportunities. One hit. No intentional walks even. No hit by pitches. One base runner. People are hitting 0-38 against him. And as I mentioned, the .12 whip. Ryan Helsley is legit. He is 100% legit, in my opinion. And then you move on to today, talking about Steven Matz, as he turns in probably his best start of the season. Gets his third win of the young season. He goes six scoreless innings. Against the Arizona Diamondbacks. He looked really good. Or excuse me. Against the Kansas City Royals. He looked really good today. I was able to watch most of it. Despite some class schedules getting in the way. But I was able to watch him a lot. He was throwing hard. He was locating. I mean. He, he was just downright solid. He was able to give the Cardinals. Six strong innings. Here are his last three starts. Five innings. One earned run against the Reds. Four innings. Four earned runs against the Mets. Six innings, shutout baseball against the Kansas City Royals. So you throw out that Mets start, and the Cardinals were silly able to come back and win. He's just been so good. Five starts this season, 23 and two-thirds of an inning. ERA sits at 4-5-6, but it's going to drop. Based on how effective Steven Matz was today, I have little to no doubt in my mind that ERA is going to drop and get to a more, a little bit more of a comfortable number. And beyond him, the bullpen was shut you down good in the ninth, 7th, 8th, and ninth inning. One inning, zeros across the board for Cody Whitley. He's throwing two strikeouts. He's been phenomenal this season. 
Wirkin was able to come back, bounce back with a scoreless outing. He gets his fourth hold of the year. And Giovanni Gallegos, he gave up a hit in the ninth. It's always interesting with Gio for some reason. Uh, it seems to be, even though he is so calm, cool, and collected often. He pitches a scoreless ninth. Scoreless ninth, excuse me. Gets his fifth save. Two punch outs. I want to highlight the two guys that have started um, over the weekend and yesterday, or today, excuse me, that are not named Adam Wainwright and Miles My- or, and uh, Jordan Hicks. I want to talk about Stephen Matz and Miles Michaelis for just a second. These two guys, after a Rockies first start, and maybe a Rocky start for Matz against the Mets, like I mentioned, these guys are doing what Adam Wainwright did last year. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Last season, when Jack Flaherty went down, Adam Wainwright became the absolute ace of this staff. Last season, when Adam Wainwright started, especially post-June, you, you just felt it was going to be a Cardinal winner, and you had little to no doubts about it. So far, Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz are giving you that confidence in their starting abilities this season. I think Miles Michaelis obviously has looked better than Steven Matz. So you could argue that he's more of the he's more of the acting ace right now before Jack Flaherty comes back. But these two have just turned in a phenomenal start to their season. Steven Matz is looking like he did in 2016, as well as at points last year with the Blue Jays. And Miles Michaelis is looking like he did in 2018. When guys like Jack Flaherty go down, that mean as much to a staff as Jack Flaherty does. Usually, it's highly unlikely that you can replace that. It, it's going to be very hard to replace it with one person. Adam Wainwright was that person last year. Maybe not to the level of Jack Flaherty, but we saw some really good pitching from Adam Wainwright last season. This season, haven't seen that yet from Wainwright. But as a whole, the starting staff is still stepping up because of performances like Steven Matz, because of performances like Miles Michaelis. Michaelis was phenomenal on Saturday. And Matt's was shut you down good today. So those two specifically, and the starting rotation, Dakota Hudson's had a very fine start to his season. Hicks is still working his way to being an actual starter, in my opinion. But these two, obviously no one's having a perfect season. These two, you, you can't be disappointed with what they've given you through the first five, six starts of the season. You just can't be. They've been too good for that. Really excited to see what these two can do this week against the Royals and Giants, respectively. Because Cardinals do have a big series coming up against the Giants later this week and got to take care of business a little bit more against the Royals to start this week. But the pitching has saved the season because the offense, which I'm still not giving up on, and the offense that has still shown some bright spots, right now is not a strength of this team. You see, We've seen a couple bright spots a while ago here and there. So I want to talk about the offense next, but let me know what your thoughts are on the pitching because I have been just absolutely blown away impressed by this rotation at times this year. Even though I was high on Michaelis and Matz, the consistency with Michaelis especially, but Steven Matz has stepped up. What they've given the Cardinals, that's an absolute one. You can't be disappointed with where the starting rotation has gone despite it being notified as a weakness right now. So take a quick break, talk about the offense when we come back. But before I wanted, before I do do that, I do want to talk about today's title sponsor, and that is 
betonline.net. It is your number one. That's right, your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs as we get to the conference semifinals and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline is where the game starts. So despite that the uh, pitching has been so good this season, even though it went into the season with a little bit of a question mark on the rotation side of things, and we thought that the offense was going to be just really good because it's so deep, you've got all these pieces, the offense really is still lacking. Still overall lacking. We've seen a couple of bright spots here and there. Dylan Carlson had a double today. Harrison Bader had a nice moment on Sunday. I'll talk about that in depth a little bit more. You see Paul DeYoung had a double yesterday. Things are starting to move. Right, Paul Goldschmidt starting to heat up. Nolan Arenado, just one player of the month for the month of April. He was really the only Cardinal that hit consistently in April. Hence why he won player of the month in the National League. But overall, you still have signs that this offense is not getting it done. Case in point, you were able to score eight runs against the Diamondbacks on Thursday. Fantastic. That's great. That's wonderful. You did it without an extra base hit. You scored two runs on Friday against the Arizona Diamondbacks. This is not to take credit away from the pitching side of things for the Diamondbacks. Bumgarner was good on Friday night. But you still, two runs, five hits, one extra, or two extra base hits, excuse me, the Goldschmidt home run, I forgot about the Arnado double, but still, two extra base hits, five hits total. And then you go out on Saturday, and behind Miles Michaelis, who's throwing a wonderful gem of a game, you get shut out because Merrill is really, really good. At least he was good on Saturday. He goes seven innings, two hits, four strikeouts. But the Cardinals were only able to muster up two hits the whole night. Not a single extra base hit. Bader made some stuff happen as well as Sosa did with with stolen bases. But the offense was slow. And even though the Cardinals won today, you still have to be worried about the offense because the offense scored one run. Kisner was robbed of a home run. So you could argue that, oh, you got robbed, so you could have had two runs. But still, you were out hit 5-4. to four. The two extra base hits were the Goldsmith home run in the first, as well as the Dylan Carlson double later in the game. Bader goes 0 for 4 at the top with a punch out. O'Neill goes 0 for 3 with a punch out. Arnado goes 0 for 2. He walked, though. But Dickerson goes 0 for 3 with a punch out. DeYoung, 0 for 3. Kisner, he got robbed, but he was also 0 for 3. Brendan Donovan did get a hit, but he also struck out once after a really positive at bat. So the offense has had some good moments. Talked about Arnado. Talked about Goldschmidt. Saturday was one of the most exciting wins of the year. And it was an absolute snooze fest of a game. Until that seventh inning, in my opinion. Cardinals got two... I think they were unearned runs in the third. Uh, they, they weren't... I mean... But yeah, there were two unearned runs against Zach Davies because of errors and fielder's choices and weird things. So really, the two runs that the Cardinals got in the third were a gift. They score one in time in the sixth inning, um, thanks to an Albert single on a fastball that was just right down the middle. And then you give up another run in the top of the in the top of the seventh. So then you're thinking, okay, two steps forward, one step back here, or maybe in the Cardinals' sense, a step forward, two steps back. Who knows? And then the seventh inning rolls around, 
And finally, finally, some excitement. That was one of the more exciting offensive moments in a while. Because even though the Cardinals scored 10 and 8 runs, respectively, last Wednesday and Thursday, you were still left with where's the excitement? Maybe not excitement, because scoring that amount of runs is exciting. What I mean to say is, where's the power? There was little to no power in those two games, especially on Thursday when the Cardinals scored um, against the Diamondbacks, and they were uh, without an extra base hit. But then you go to the seventh inning of this game. Thinking, okay, it's really got to come. It's got to start coming now or never. Bottom of the seventh starts with a little, little bloop single by Andrew Kishner. And then you see Paul DeYoung rip a double. So you're thinking, all right, got a little something going. Brendan Donovan works a great at-bat and is able to get an RBI ground out. Wonderful at-bat. And then Harrison Bader, with two strikes on him, two, hits a home run. Great moment. Bush is finally rocking. And then you get Nolan Arenado to home run a couple, or one at-bat later after O'Neill struck out looking. So you finally have some excitement in the air. The Cardinals were exciting. But the Cardinals have shown that the offense has the capability of being there. We're talking about strengths and weaknesses of the team, right? The Cardinals have shown that the offense has the opportunity to be a strength. They have the, the ability to come back late in games. Because the Cardinals weren't doing that this season until that point. They couldn't come back on Monday against the Mets. They couldn't come back on Tuesday against the Mets. Couldn't come back Friday or Saturday against the Diamondbacks, especially Saturday. They were able to come back and salvage a game. So when we're looking at strengths and weaknesses, the offense has shown its, has had its moments. You know, they're not striking out. They're getting plenty of hits. But we talked about the stats on Friday. Their slugging's down. Their home run rate's down. Their on-base is down. Their OPS is down. You know, in terms of relative to the league. So yeah, the offense has the names in the, in the lineup to, to put butts in seats. Goldschmidt, Arenado, um, Pujols even. So far, the offense hasn't produced to the level of which you would like them to produce. They, they were doing it early. Nine, six runs on opening day, and then the second day, six runs against Kansas City, ten run outbursts against Milwaukee, five runs and a, and a loss as well, five runs against Miami on the 19th, four and five runs and the two wins against Cincinnati. So they, they had the ability to do this. It's time to take a page out of the pitching book and simply get the, get the rust off and start getting it done. Because they have the ability to do it. Now the question is, can they do it on a consistent basis? Because even though the Cardinals scored those 18 runs on those two days last week, on Friday's show, I talked about how this is great. The offense is, you know, that's a good sign. This does not mean all problems are fixed. Case in point, you score two runs on Friday and no runs on Saturday. Seven runs on Sunday, one run on Monday. So yes, I think that the Cardinals... Maybe fortunate isn't the right word. But you have to feel awfully good about yourself as we sit here on May 2nd. That at the end of Cardinal play on May 7th, May 2nd, excuse me, the Cardinals are 13-9, and a game and a half out of first place. With the way the offense has performed and the way the pitching was earlier in the season, you got to feel pretty good about yourself, in my opinion. Brewers are off today, so they're going to start play on Tuesday a game and a half out of first place. Can't complain too much about that, but now it's time for the offense to kick it in high gear. And even though the Cardinals do have two games against the Royals this week, you also have a four-game set at San Francisco. 
Jack Flirt is working his way back. You're getting really close to that, <laughs> that cherished off day that's so close to, to getting here. Cardinals just have to keep weathering the storm until they get healthy again. Talking about the rest of this week and how the Cardinals can continue to do that. Pitching matchups as well coming up here in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about the best tasting protein bar in all of the market, and that is Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bag and your kids' backpacks. Make sure that everyone has a Built Bar so you are fueled and ready to go for your summer vacation. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered 100% in real chocolate. In case you missed out, Built Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. We are going crazy for Puffs. And that's not enough for you that you have these protein-infused marshmallows. These Built Bars taste great. These are all incredibly healthy. Because most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Replace your candy bars with these. I beg you, replace your candy bars with these. They taste better, and they're better for you. Go to Built.com right now to see all of your favorites, whether it's banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate. That's my favorite. You have so many other options to choose from. They're delicious. They have new flavors coming out all the time. Check them out at Built.com. And when you check out... At the end of your purchase, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. One more time, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Cardinals have two games at Kansas City this week, and then they have four games at San Francisco the Royals are 7-14. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10. They're on a four-game losing streak with today's loss. Cardinals need a road sweep. Uh, you, the way that I look at it, they need to look at this like a three-game series. Yes, one's in St. Louis and two are at Kansas City. Look at it as a three-game series. Keep things simple. Win the two-game series. Obviously, when you're looking at whether or not the Cardinals win or lose this series, um, you know, for statistic, uh, statistical purposes, you've got to look at, okay, there's just the two games at Kansas City. But go take game one tomorrow and st- st- just have the mindset of, okay, we've won two in a row. Let's make it a sweep, right? Uh, and then for, in terms of the San Francisco Giants, Giants are 15-8. and eight. They're 7-3 and three in their last 10. They're tied for first place in the National League West. So for those of you thinking that the Giants' performance last season was an absolute fluke and that there's no way they could repeat it, yeah, that's not how this is going to happen this season. They lost 11-5 yesterday to the Nationals. Uh, they don't play today, but they do play tomorrow against the Dodgers. So maybe they're going to maybe they'll use all their energy against the Dodgers. Who knows? Uh, 8:45 Central Time is um, the first start on Thursday or Wednesday, excuse me. Nope, I was right the first time Thursday. So uh, get ready for some late nights this weekend. Uh, but the Cardinals just need to continue. I used this phrase a couple times already. Just weather the storm. You got two games. To finish up against Kansas City, you're facing a really good uh, pitcher in Keller tomorrow. Uh, 219 ERA. Cardinals are sending Dakota Hudson to the mound. And then on Wednesday, Adam Wainwright gets the ball against uh, Michael Bubik, who's 0-2 with a 10-50 ERA uh, lefty. So you'll likely see Albert in the lineup on uh, on Wednesday, on, get, on the last day of the series. I said Michael, I meant to say Chris. I'm sorry. Chris Bubic is getting the start on Wednesday you got to feel good about how the Cardinals set themselves up for this Kansas City series because uh, you've got Dakota Hudson going in, in game one against, um, like, like I mentioned, Keller. And Keller, Brad Keller's awfully good. 
Um, he's got tagged for two losses this season, but in 24 and two-thirds of an inning, he's got 17 punch-outs, uh, ERA of 2.19, and a whip of .77. Coming off a seven-inning performance of three-hit baseball, one earned run against the White Sox, he struck out four. So he doesn't strike out the world, but he does get the job done. Um, take out a bad start against at Seattle. The start before that was against Detroit. Seven innings in that start, three hits, two earned, two walks, five punch-outs. So, again... Pitching out every night is going to be different, but Cardinal offense does not have it easy for them. Tomorrow, Wednesday, you likely would see, you would think anyways, logically, that that would bring a little bit more offense to the table uh, going up against Bubik. But Hudson and Wainwright just have to simply go out there and perform. Hudson's coming off a nice start. I feel like we keep saying this on Wainwright, and it's kind of sad that we have to keep saying it. Wainwright's got to find a way to bounce back. Plain and simple. Uh, got to bounce back after a rough start. Um, you'd like to see him get a start at home to do this, but it's on the road. That's kind of a bummer. Uh, but then th- Thursday, Miles Michaelis gets to retake the mound. Uh, Giants, according to MLB.com, have a TBD on their uh, on their starter. Friday will likely then be Miles or Jordan Hicks. And then that would make Saturday Stephen Match Day, and then Sunday would be uh, Dakota Hudson. That's going to be a really tough series. So t- get some momentum. The key in Kansas City, get some momentum going into the San Francisco Giants series. Giants are a really good baseball team that are playing really good baseball. They're in San Francisco. The Cardinals beat San Francisco pretty well last year in Kansas City. Uh, it's 107 or in San Francisco, excuse me, the 107-win team. So just go out there and duplicate it. Play the game that you know how to play. Offense hopefully can bust out. Goldsmith and Arnado kill the Giants. So get momentum in Kansas City. Cardinals are... Driving, probably probably not driving, flying down I-70 uh, to go play in a coffin this week, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Gain momentum. Don't mess around. You're playing, again, all due respect, you're playing the 7-14 and 14 Kansas City Royals. You've got the in-state pride to, to, to motivate you. Go out there, get the job done, get a couple wins, get ready for San Francisco. So strength and weaknesses of this team just need to start figuring themselves out. Every team is going to have a strength and weakness. Maybe the weakness in the Cardinal team is going to be, at the end of the season, the bottom of the order. Uh, maybe it's the, the second, third of the order. I don't know. But so far, the pitching has been the strength, as I mentioned. And you've got a really good pitcher lined up tomorrow in Dakota Hudson and somebody that, in my opinion, is, is just going to find it. And even if Wainwright pitches to a four-year-a the whole year, from a 40-year-old pitching standpoint, that's pretty darn good. Maybe we just need to accept that he's not going to be a sub-three pitcher or a sub-three-and-a-half pitcher ERA-wise. That's another topic for discussion. So you have yourself lined up with pretty good odds to win these next two games against Kansas City. And then you have the pitching lined up in your favor for the weekend against the Giants. You've got your two hottest pitchers bookending that series, likely. Go out there and get the job done. Use your strengths that have gotten you this far and try and work on your weaknesses. Get some players going. Get O'Neill going. Get Carlson going. Get Bader going. Really, get the outfield going. Because Bader had the nice moment on Sunday. Carlson had a double today. Outfield's got to get rolling. So we'll see well, what, what the rest of the, the week brings. But I think the Cardinals have set themselves up for success and to get a little bit of momentum as we start this new month of baseball. So thanks for tuning in today. And each and every day that you tune in, thanks for making Locked on Cardinals your first listen. Uh, be sure to make Locked on MLB your second listen of the day with our good pal Sully as he gives you his take on baseball, both past and present. So until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.